So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life and the multifamily legacy podcast will show you how. So now here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. We are on episode number 36. Oh my gosh, we've made it. We are way, we're just smoking on this thing. Uh, I'm so excited that you're here. This is going to be a good episode. I'm coming to you from Kauai. This is my favorite, favorite island. I mean, gosh, 17 years ago, I came to the house that I'm sitting on right now. I'm sitting on the balcony. And I'm doing, this is the cove that I walked. If you see it, if you're on YouTube right now and you see behind me, you will see that there's a little cove here. And I walked on this cove 17 years ago and the sun was coming up and the spray was making this mystical paradise. And I looked over at this house that I'm sitting at right now. And I said, man, what does this guy, Bruce, right? If you guys know me, you, you know, I talk about Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Uh, he's not Batman, but he was loaded, and he was living what I call the perfect life in that he had time and money. See, most people work our whole entire lives, so we only get one, and Bruce had both. And, you know, I could tell that he was in control because he had nice cars, nice uh, – this house right on the beach. He had um, – his phone was not ringing. And see, he just had, he had his stuff together. And now, unfortunately, Bruce was not a great mentor, but he gave me the perfect vision. And as I sat on the other side of the cove and I looked at this house, my, my mind was just reeling. I was like, man, what does Bruce do? And I finally got enough courage to ask him. And guess what he said? He said that he owned apartments. And there it is. And that's how the story began. 17 years ago, this kid right here uh, saw this and fell in love with a dream. And I've been watering that dream ever since and just cultivating it and making making it mine. And to where that I'm probably going to buy this house in probably three years. I probably will. In fact, I know I am. <laughs> and how cool is that? What a cool story to... Um, you know, get a vision, water it, pursue it, and actively start living out the destiny that you created. And I'm here, and I'm, the reason I created this podcast is so that you can start doing the same thing. You know, I talk about sunsets and palm trees. There's my, there's my palm tree right there and right behind me. And uh, now this is a sunrise this morning. I tried to do this podcast last night, but I ran out of time, and the sun went down too quick. So I'll do it a little earlier. I'm going to do one more podcast while I'm here. 
um, and to get my uh, sunsets and palm trees. But, you know, I, I created this life by design. And, you know, you can too. And it doesn't matter how old you are, where you're at in life. Um, you can do whatever you put your mind to. I, I truly believe this. So uh, before we get started, uh, a couple of things. Um, I've been actually driving a lot of people to my quick start workshop series in my uh, at Kahuna Wealth Builders. But I think a lot of people have already done that. And so what I'm going to tell you right now is if you are ready to go to the next level, you need some tools. You, and what you should be doing is getting uh, my cash flow calculator. So you need to go to Kahuna cashflowcalculator.com and for 197 bucks you can get my um the, the cash flow calculator this is the, the tool to underwrite multiple uh, uh apartment complexes and to make them make sense i give you my rules of thumb it's a uh so we give you the software it's just an excel spreadsheet but then we've created a whole website um and membership site with all the training on how to use it in some case studies so I think you'll find it really good, really informative. And honestly, it's really easy. The problem with most calculators out there, they're very complicated. And I don't think it has to be. And I think you need to be able to make decisions more quickly than, than, than not. And with, with, but you need to have good information. And so we teach you how to get the information, um, how to distill it, how to make sure that you, and, and to understand if you have a deal or not. And that's 90% of it. That's probably 99% of it. You just got to make sure you got a deal. If you find a good deal, man, all your problems can get solved. Um, which leads me into our, uh, the, what I'm going to talk about in the podcast today. But talk about dealing with uh, brokers. Okay. So I recently, I'm, I'm, I just got accepted on a LOI for a property. And um we're going to talk about the uh, the broker for a bit on this property because I think it's very typical of 90% of the brokers that you're going to deal with. And brokers, now I'm not going to slam brokers here, but I am going to talk about, I mean, they, they have a, a job, a task, right, to get the seller, a, you know, a buyer. And sometimes they come off very pushy. Sometimes they come off very aggressive and they can be quite intimidating if you're not ready for it. And this broker was no exception, right? So, you know, immediately coming into the to the deal, who are you? Uh, what have you done? What, you know, what's your process? And what I find is, man, brokers will start trying to steer you in the direction they, they want you to go. And so that's okay, but not really. Not really, Okay. What really needs to happen is you got to have such confidence, extreme confidence in your process and the way that you do it, that you start changing the dialogue and you will challenge the broker when they come up with crazy statements or, I mean, brokers are really good at giving you a lot of information that means nothing. It's like pseudoscience, you know, it's like, Hey, here's some meaningless facts about nothing that you, you that you'll need to know. In other words, like here's all the five different comps of these properties and all this stuff and all this, and we're like, listen, we don't even care about that. What we care about is how this property underwrites. What's the potential on this property? And so sometimes they will give you so much information that it honestly, it's kind of like made to 
make you think that he, what he's trying to do now, understand this. What is the broker trying to do? He is also trying to show you that he's a very competent and very smart broker. And this guy really was. He knew his market better than I've seen most brokers ever. And so I respected that. You got to respect that fact, right? But through the whole process, through we come into the site visit, and it's the same as I think we've talked about this before. We ready to go look at some units? No. And he's we come onto the site. He's he wants this is our initial site visit, and again he you know they want to take control. They want to start telling you the process of how we're going to do the site visit, and so we kindly let him kind of tell his little thing, and then we just we just kind of simply said, hey, listen, we're really not interested in that. We have a very, very structured process of how we do our site visit. And if you would allow us to do that, then, you know, we're going to be very productive. And so, you know, we said the first thing we'd like to do is go talk with the on-site manager. Now, at this point, he's he's like, now, hold on, because he's afraid that we're going to start this interrogation, right? An interrogation and just asking really Hard questions being uh, mean about it, trying to point the manager's nose and all the, the stuff. And so he was like, well, hold on. You know, I just want you to respect the process. And so we had it. We actually, you know, and he was just really nervous that we were going to really overstep on uh, talking with the managers. Now, what came out of it was something totally different because we, you know, at that moment, we had to say, listen, we're not here to rub anybody's nose in the dirt. We're, we're here just to do, we're on a fact-finding mission. It's kind of like saying, hey, we're on a mission from God, okay? And our goal is to get as much information about the how, the why, and like what's going on with the property. And the best people that truly understand this property are the ones that are running it. And so we had to, you know, have that conversation. So we sat down with the property manager and then we started our lines of questioning. And really the initial questions are, are real simple. It's just like, tell us about, you know, how long have you been at the property? What's your hit? We're just asking the manager's history, what they've done, any accolades that they've, they've uh, made. And, you know, because when you allow them to talk about themselves, they're going to tell you all the good things. And really, we want to start it with that. We want to build that person up and we're going to agree with everything, right? And we're not there to challenge them. Now, we will ask questions, you know, later on in the interview process that, you know, we're just going to get to, to it, right? Like, so we're just trying to get to what's going on, right? How come? Because usually when we're buying these properties, either they're either really effectively managed and we can find some operational plays, this particular property had a vacancy problem, okay? And it was like running at 88%, 85% vacancy. And so, you know, in our portfolio, portfolio wide, we run a 97% occupancy, so like 3%. And so we're just trying to figure out, you know, A, is it the market that's, you know, is it the, and and this property in an area where there's, influx of people coming in and out. And so we're trying to determine if it's the market, if it's the property, is it the marketing, 
what, you know, because when we first look at the property from the outside, from the pictures, from, you know, the due diligence, diligence that we did before we were at the property, it looks fairly nice. And so, again, we just started with our question. We go and ask all the questions about, you know, uh, well, here, here's the, here's the, when we get down to the dirt, I'm just giving you the dirt. Like, here's the questions that you got to ask. Okay. We wanted to, we wanted to get there about like, what's wrong with the property in her opinion. Right. And we got to do it in a very delicate way because we're not trying to blame the owner. We're not trying to blame the management. We're trying to say, Hey, listen, if you had a magic wand and you could wave this thing around, what would you do? What's the, the first three things that you would do to fix? Well, and the first one's always the same. They always want to say the ACs. And we say, listen, every property needs ACs, okay? So we're not going to go there. You have to take that one off your list, okay? And so once we get that off the list, then usually we get more um, to the real nitty and gritty. And so um, a little bit it was towards, you know, this lady was saying, hey, it's a little bit of the marketing, right? So they wish they would have done a little bit of marketing and a little bit more marketing. And then it was just like attention to detail. If she could upgrade her units to a better standard, she feels like they could sell it all day long. And that really was the real issue. And so once we got that out of her, right, and saying, hey, listen, if you could wake up tomorrow and everything was like done perfectly and every unit that was rent ready was done to this standard, could you fill this property up? And she's like, as long as I had the traffic, we have decent traffic, but yes, absolutely. I can, I can fill it up 1000%. And she had confidence. Now we felt the same thing. We are, we, that's, that was our hypothesis. Can't even say that right. <laughs> of what we thought was probably the case, but we needed to hear it from somebody on the ground to confirm and then, you know, we asked kind of the management or maintenance guys kind of the same questions. Like, is this true? Is it not? You know, and it's always an interesting process because, you know, sometimes the maintenance guy, you pull him off to the side and he's a different guy. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, he's all towing the line for a minute, but you get him off to the side. And then he's like, well, let me tell you, right? And, dude, there's always – that happens at every property, by the way. You have the – you know, when they're everybody's in a tight group, and then somehow a splinter happens, or not always, but a little splinter, a little side conversation, and, you know, all the information you – know, like the information that they weren't telling you gets, gets uh, spilled. And so then they'll start telling you, you know, well, here's the real problem. You know, we have – it was, you know – this management company that they hired two years ago, that's when the property started taking a dive. And they just, they weren't really good. They were more Section 8 type of management company. And um, this is not a Section 8 type of property. And so then it became real apparent in the management styles of what was bringing the property down. They didn't have the systems, the procedures. And then when you, when you really took a good look at that, well, that made a lot of sense. So that got us really excited about the deal. And again, so, you know, 
we're, we're working with this this broker, great broker, great guy, by the way, and um, very knowledgeable again. So we finished with the interview, and it took us about maybe an hour and a half. We have an hour and a half conversation, and when we got out of there, I could just tell that he was like, wow, those are really good questions. You know, we, they weren't questions that were sit there to demonize anybody or to put in a bad light of anything, but we did need to know the information. He's like, wow, I've never seen a management. Now, here's the other part of this process, right? We are coming in there to, this is like when you're, when you're going out on a property, you are now on like notice. Everybody's watching what you're doing and they're making their own judgments of can you buy? Can you not buy? Do you have operational uh, excellence or not? Do you know what you're doing or not? And dude, we were, we were starting to like our resume was starting to get polished, right? Cause he, in the bro, I could tell in the broker's mind, he's like, you guys could get this deal closed. I think you guys are pretty good operators. You're asking lots of great questions like questions that most people don't ask. And the questions are really just pertaining to what's going on with the property. Tell us about the occupancy. Tell us about how many rent readies do you have that doesn't need a thing. Tell us about your maintenance, you know, where you have your issues, where are your spots that you wish you could fix. If you could have a magic wand, where would you fix those areas? It's really seems very common, a very simple line of questioning, but Again, most people don't take the time. All they want to do is go look at the units. See, we believe in, and you got you to gotta do a lot of fact finding. You are on a mission from God to find out as much information about the property. And, and really, if you look at it that way, and you know who has most of the information, which is the maintenance, head of maintenance, and your property manager, those two people know more about that property then I guarantee you the management company does, right? So the only goal is to just sit there and have conversations, you know? And a lot of times we're not doing most of the talking. We ask the questions and then we shut up. Now, a lot of people do this totally wrong. They will sit there and they want to showboat and, and show how smart they are or their process or they talk about other properties. Bad idea, bad idea. Be there, be a servant, be a student. Ask good questions. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but it's raining behind me, which you couldn't tell. <laughs> as long as I'm not getting wet, I'm cool. So, you know, it's, those are the types of questions that we're asking in the beginning. Now, as we go on, now we're going to go on to the actual units themselves. And in the units themselves, that's a whole nother process, right? So now we're going into the units and we're saying, Hey, you know, is this your typical unit? Is it not? You know, what's your refresh standard? And then we start, you know, what would you, if you could do anything into this, to this unit to make it, you know, rent ready or like if you could wave your magic wand, what would you do to this unit right now? And then they start, because they're right there, they get to physically see it. And then they start mentally picturing and they're like, if it was looking like that, I could rent this thing out, no problem. Well, 
again, that's the right answer that we're looking for, but we want to confirm it. And and now we're physically seeing what's going on with the property. And so we're, and now here's what we always ask. We always want to look at all the worst units they have and a sample of each floor plan. And then, um, you know, at its worst and at rent ready. Does that make sense? And if you'll get that information, that helps us make the most, uh, we can get a really good slice of what that unit mix looks like and what it feels like, what the overall, um, how much work is going to be needed. And when we got to this property, it really didn't need a whole lot. It really didn't need a whole lot, but it needed the little extra. It just needed a little extra, which is the case in a lot of properties that we buy. They just, they don't go the full process. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. So, Again, we're leading the broker in this conversation. Um, now he's following us. Um, then we go to the laundry room. And here's what happened in the laundry room. Okay, This was crazy and it was awesome because we got to the laundry room and we started talking about it. And he goes, hey, I just want you guys to know that they own um, the uh, owner of this property owns the laundry. And the laundry income has never been reported to the property because she owns it. And that was like a little nugget. See, we gave him our operational excellence that he let us know that there was a little more juice in the squeeze. And dude, it was like bonus, 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 right? And it was a really great conversation because like he gave us a little nugget that he kind of held for himself. That was something that he wasn't going to share with the wrong people, but as we're doing the process, he felt like it was time to share. So now we finish up with the whole thing. And at this point, the broker's like, hey, listen, uh, are you ready now to go look at all the other comps, all the other properties? And at this point, we've already done our homework, honestly. And we know because we're, we're mainly, we're really good at using the internet and that's how we do a lot of our marketing, and we understand the process. So we don't really need to so go look at all the comps, per se, and look at what they're doing. We pretty much have our, our, our unit refresh process. We know our cost on stuff, and we have a pretty good idea what the market is already bringing with data. So uh, for us, it was going to be a waste of time, but we, what we really wanted to do was go to lunch. And so we go to lunch with the broker, and dude, it was at that moment that really everybody opened up. Everybody, we had a good time. We had a great lunch, great lunch. And we became friends, which is really the, the important part of the whole process is that he started to trust us. He started to like us and we liked him back. And, you know, he had a lot of good information. Some of it was useless, but that's okay. But he knew his market. You could tell him, he was a market expert. And we love working with those types of guys because, dude, they make our lives easy. They usually have all the data, all the stuff ready, and they know their market. And so it was a really, it was a great honor and privilege to work with this broker. And the process was fairly simple. Now, now we have to negotiate, okay? And that's where it gets a little rough. So sometimes this is when our feelings will get upset. But when you're working with the right people that are professionals, we don't get upset. 
We just understand that's part of the process. And so as we negotiate, we throw in a low, low ball offer. I mean, a lot less than when I even talked to him on the phone that I was thinking I was going to be at. And the reason why we had to do that is because we had to, you still have to play the game. If I would have started higher, I wouldn't have ended where I ended. And so I had to start low. And he came back and said, listen, we're not even interested in that offer. And so we said, okay, great. And then we waited, have to like wait like two or three days. We waited for quite some time. But meanwhile, every day we're still getting an email from the broker. He's staying in contact. So that's good, right? We can tell that the seller wants to sell. And we've demonstrated that we're probably the best group to buy. But we've got to play the process. We've got to play our cards. And so it took us almost three weeks of going back and forth and playing this game to where we we came to a price that made sense. It was the price that we wanted to land at, and we did land there, and we finally have an accepted LOI. Now, how cool is that? So that is like from, you know, broker trying to run the whole show to him allowing us to start working our process to having a great lunch and, and creating a friend, right, in confidence to getting an accepted LOI to probably next week we'll have an, a, a, a purchase and sales contract, a PSA, and then, um, you know, 90 days from then we'll have a closed product. And here's the real thing. This is why it's important. You got to respect the brokers, but you also got to be respected by the brokers. Does it make sense? You've got to have respect from them because they're trained to smell bullcrap. Okay, they just are. And if you can't demonstrate your your ability to call things out and to know your process, and now I'm not gonna lie, it's not my process, right? I have a management company. I just follow their process, so their words are my words. And I'm just really good at saying the way they would say it about their process. So I don't have to have this master process, but I can come up and act as if it's my own because I do hire that. I do pay for it. And when you have that supreme confidence that you can talk on behalf of the management company that's managed your properties, then you know their their operational excellence is all that matters. It doesn't have to be mine. I mean, I'm a horrible operator. You'd never want me operating your property, but I'm a deal maker, right? I'm the master puppeteer, right? I get all the pieces and and people together and I construct the deal. That's what I do. That's what I'm teaching you to do on this podcast is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Thank God. All you have to do is be the most person that wants it the, the most and understand that if you will structure it and put it all together, you get to make all the money or most of the money. Or even if you just have to make a little bit of the money and give it all out, who cares? And then you start getting your credibility where you can build up and make most of it, just like I have. In the beginning, I didn't always have all, all, all the biggest shares of a deal, right? But I do now. And so you got to be, you know, there's just lots of little wisdoms here. Guys, I don't want to run this one long. Uh, I got I to gotta roll out. We got things to do with the family. We got, we got breakfast to make this morning. So I'm going to cut this podcast off here in that knowing that if you will work the broker, take charge, be confident understand your process. If it's not your process, borrow your management company's process, but understand their process, right? 
get confident in what you're doing, and that confidence will, will exude out, and those brokers will understand it, feel it. Make friends with brokers. Make friends. Not just business acquaintance. Friends. Friends like to do business with friends. They will work for you. This broker went to work for us. He did because he felt like we were the best uh, choice to close the deal for the client. It may not have been the exact price the client wanted, but she did want to sell. And he knew that as well. And he felt like we were probably the, the best bet. And it, we're buying it for less than he even thinks that it's worth, right? But he understands our process and he's like, you know what? It is what it is. And the seller wants to sell. So he helped broker that together. I know he did. And that's what creating those relationships and getting that broker to respect you and respect the process can do. It can change the game. It can change the way you get deals. And I'm telling you what, if this guy has another deal in the market, you know he's going to be calling us. You know he is. And we want to encourage that. Absolutely. Because that is how you make true wealth is when you get those pocket listings from those brokers that will just like allow you to make the money that you need and understand your process and understand your marketing, you know, prowess and, and your operational excellence. That is how you make legacy wealth. Guys, thanks a lot for watching the podcast or listening to this podcast. Or if you're watching it on YouTube, my YouTube channel, just uh, listen. I say this every podcast, but really, I truly believe it. You can be successful beyond measure. You can. I know you can because I've done it. I started from nothing. And you can too. You can. All you have to do is make up your mind today. Like say, today's the day that I'm going to do something bold. Okay? Now, um, I should have done this in the beginning, but I, I forgot. <laughs> if um, I have, like, I think three openings, and I'm going to say I'm going to allow probably people that I would never allow in my boardroom, just for three. I'm only have three. I'm going to have three spots that I'm going to give to people that are probably not full-time investors or maybe the exact caliber that I'm looking for. But I believe in a mentorship process, right? So I want to allow that to happen. So if uh, if you're interested, go to kahunaboardroom.com and you're going to apply and you're going to give me all the reasons why you're the person for it. It's not cheap. Our event costs 7500 bucks, And so it is. there is a cost to come into it. But you're going to be with some of the top-level people in the industry. And uh, it can change, and it will, I think, change your life. So um, we, we give it real. We give it very uh, authentic. And we, we teach it simply in a simple process. And I think that is what makes the, the most difference, is that you can take what I've taught you and apply it and move forward. Guys, have a wonderful day. Remember, your paradise is possible.